Hello, I'm Maurice O'Keefe and you're very welcome to this edition of Voices from the Archives. Our most recent collection on Irish life and lore is The Landed Gentry in Ireland. And while working on this project, I visited the McCalmans of originally Mount Juliet and living in Norland's Stud Farm. And there I met Harry McCalmond, where I did an interview. And while doing that interview, he showed me a lot of the family papers, which were just amazing, fantastic. And he suggested to me maybe they should be in an archive where they could be easily accessed. And I suggested the county uh, library headquarters. And recently, two members of the library came with me to back down to Norland's stud farm to meet the McCalmans. And Harry uh, uh, went through the family papers with them and I recorded the whole session. So this podcast starts with uh, Declan Macaulay introducing himself to Harry McCalmond, followed by Alicia Dunphy, who also introduces herself. Um, I've been, uh, worked in the library service since 1980s. I'm a qualified librarian. I also work in local studies, so I've handled this sort of material. And I think the real issue here with this is that they're unique material. So ideally, it would be handy if these were digitised because it can, provide, it can provide better access for people who won't be handling the originals. And you can also put them up online, basically, so people don't have to actually travel into us. You know, they can access them and you can get get these done with OCR software now so all this text can be actually uh, deciphered, you know, so people can search them in all sorts of different ways. Well, um, I'm working in the library 27 years. Um, I grew up at the gates of Mount Juliet, um, Boher Gates, and um, a friend of mine lived on the estate, one of the Behans, Kay. She's in Sacramento now. But all our summers we spent running around the estate as kids, playing you know, we were down, we learned to swim in Ballahick, which is where yeah, the swimming was. The river, yeah. yeah, down at the river. Yeah. Um, I went trout fishing with my dad in the evenings. That's yeah. where, uh, two fields down from our house. We fished there in the evenings in the summer. Um, we went skating in the wintertime on the field near the White Bridge that used well, to flood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I learned to ride, I learned to drive in Mount Juliet Estate, actually, my husband. I could tell you funny stories <laughs> about my driving. But, but you know, yeah. like, it was such a lovely place to grow up. Yeah. It really, yeah. really was. It's a special place, you I know. know. And then to see it go from a, a family home and an estate to what it is today, it just brings me back looking at all of these and, you know, ch- lovely childhood memories. Amazing. Yeah. Um, they look like they're a personal account of your family. Um, and they look very, very delicate. So I totally think what Declan is saying is the correct thing, that if they're digitised, everybody can see them and access them yeah. without damaging the original, which is really important. We've got, a, I think, probably a pretty personal um, record of, of, uh, of the times from 1909 up until 1930. As I said, unfortunately, there's a book missing between 1915 and... Uh, I think it's 19, I can't remember what date it is, 1915 and 1919, I think, are missing. Uh, no, sorry, there, there. 1911 and 1915, I think, are missing. Uh, and I'll try and trace that through other members of my family, see if I, I can find them. But it's obviously a lady who, who meticulously cut everything out of every newspaper and every article that had any re- relative 
um, interest to to the family, and uh, and then um, put them together. And these books have come down, you know, over the last hundred years in the family. Well, I don't know where you start, really. I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of pages of 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 this. Um, there's um, just trying to find the photographs here of. Uh, as I said, of family occasions of um, international uh, importance, from from mostly from the First World War in East Africa. There's a lot to do, obviously, with with uh, racing and hunting, because that's what my family was was interested in. Uh, there's also a lot um, in the in the second book, which is 1915. There's a lot of um, newspaper cuttings here from. Uh, from 1916, which showed effectively what was what was happening in in Dublin at that time, the um, um, the, the terrible damage that was done to the centre of Dublin um, in that period, and this is stuff obviously that my there's the GPO there, which is in in ruins as you can see. Um, there's sort of barricades here with British soldiers and artillery and whatever, and these are I suppose. Um, I mean, you guys know a lot better than I would. I presume these are readily accessible anyway through the records of the of the national newspapers. Yes, but it, it's also it's valuable because they've been put in the scrapbook here. They're in your context of your family because they experienced this at the time. That sort of makes them valuable in a separate way. This, you know, that they're in the scrapbook like this, you know. Because yeah. I mean, she lived through this time, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, these were these these would have been cut out of the newspapers on whatever date, whatever date it is. I don't know if we can find a date on it. Um, May the third, nineteen sixteen, would have been the uh, the Daily Sketch was the new pa newspaper, and then all these photographs of the GPO are, are, are cut out and and pasted into the book. As you said, that that would have happened on the third of May, nineteen sixteen. So you know that was it's contem contemporaneous, as you say, um, and then mixed in with this is stuff coming from, as I said, from my grandfather who was. Uh, was 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 working under General Smuts in East Africa in the in the British Army and just sending through his report saying, uh, "Oh well, um, anxious about the family because obviously he heard about the troubles in in Dublin," and then a week later saying, "Delighted, all oh well, everything good here." You know that was the only way they could communicate at that stage. Um, so I think they're they're interesting in their own in their own right, but. Uh, um, mixing with that then is is, uh, is is photographs of fishing holidays and you know and, and people trips and maps of German East Africa and it's just a, it's an ex it, it, there's a lot of stuff here you know it's not it's hard to describe it really. It was a period, wasn't it, when so much was going on in the world. You had the World War One. You had uh, you had the rising. You had. Uh, so much trouble around, and, and to have it documented is, is interesting. Well, you see here, there's a headline here, um, not exactly very politically correct these days, uh, photographs of the men who carried the British flag to victory under General Smuts against the Hun in Africa. And one of them is my, is my grandfather. There's a photograph of my grandfather there in the paper. Obviously, he was one of the people who was involved in that. Um, but as I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history there. That's General Both there, who was one of the South African generals, and I think his um, his son or his grandson was then in politics in in South Africa. I mean, that's a very well known name in South Africa. So um, 
But it's so beautiful to see everything together in this format because these are the original cuttings from the papers. Yeah. There are all the handwritten notes. There are photographs. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like a record. And there's photographs of the gardens of my Juliet there and things. Yeah. So yeah. It's, a it's like a family record. It's a mismatch of everything, really. Yeah. I think it's really exciting, you know, mm. to see it so so meticulously put together. There's photographs here of, of Castle Morris, which is a you yes, know a ruin. I think that's yeah. a ruined house down between here and Kilmagani somewhere, yeah, there, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And I think that's now that house is not there anymore. I think, no, it, there's only some of the floor tiles out in the woods. You can see some of the floor well, tiles. That's, that's all. The Got of the house. We've seen photographs yeah. of the my, house. My, my granddad used to actually work there, so yeah, really, kid, yeah, he was a Murphy actually from uh, Hugginstown. He used to work oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's told. just a walk. It's you go there walk for a walk. This is so exciting. And there's photographs here of, of um, you know the the fighting in in East Africa, which um, uh, was part of probably not a well known part of, but was part of the the First World War. This is in Tanzania now. This is in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah German East it's, Africa. It's, yeah, uh, whatever they were called. Uh, it's Tanganyika. British East Africa, yeah. German East Africa, Rhodesia, yeah. well, which is now sort of Zambia and Zimbabwe and Tanzania. And that was a very tough campaign, actually. I think it was a very tough campaign, actually. Something I've never read in the Bible, yeah. except for actually just looking at this. But my grandfather went out there um, at the beginning of the war, and he was then invalided back to to the Europe with malaria. Uh, I think in about 1916 mm -hmm. or 17. He then it was a sort of mixed, if it could be even be called as a blessing, sort of mixed blessing, in that he he then ended up ended up then going to France, which was probably worse worse, <laughs> worse again. Um, but at that stage, I think he he'd been sort of he'd been unwell, so he was then uh, on the general staff which I think um, parked themselves reasonably far back, I think, from the, from, the, from the action. So I think he was okay at that stage. Shooting giraffes so they could feed the troops. And uh, this is... Uh, anyway. And then you get back to um, one of the big yards, the new market where the horses were trained, and the trainer, Hattie Pierce, who was a, who was a cousin of my... My um, grandfather's who trained the famous horse, the Tetrarch, who, was, who, who everything was based really around here in Bally Lynch and my Juliet. This is stuff here from General Smuts. That's sort of a hand drawn map, yes. Map of, um, I mean, for all sake, yeah. Zanzibar is there. Yeah, that's Tanzania, yeah. Um, they would call it Tanganyika, that's what the Germans call it. Yeah. British East Africa and Germany East, um, East Africa. Portuguese East Africa, which Mozambique. would be Mozambique now, yeah. yeah. Nyasaland in Malawi, and and then Rhodesia, which is Zimbabwe, yeah. and then Lake Victoria up here, which would have been Uganda. Yeah. Actually, Uganda's the same. Uganda's got yeah. the same name. Um, but my my grandfather, both my grandfather, and my great grandfather were actually were uh, not great photographers, but they were they were quite quite a lot of sketching went on. So they they uh, they recorded quite a lot of the. The travels. That's old Bally Lynch Castle, which is now no more. Where was that, that was over by the farmyard in Bally Lynch. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, this is where they're building the farmyards, those, those sort of cattle sheds and hay sheds. When you go through the, through the um, past the Stalin yards and the cottages there, it's down to the left. Yeah. And um, that's, that was the, 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 ro uh, the remains there, the ruins of Bally Lynch Castle, which was, I think, occupied by the Carricks.
And then when they built Mount Juliet in 1760, um, this was obviously ruined. Yeah. And the yeah. family moved, the Carrick family then moved across the river into, into the, the house itself. The house itself, yeah. 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 These are, um, that's, that's called the Red Gate Cottages. That's the back gate into Bally Lynch Stard now. The main gate in the Bally Lynch Stard, actually. Exactly. That's yeah. the road from yeah. the, the cricket, cricket pitch. The jocks is just up here. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Then that's my grandfather's wedding. Uh, marrying, marrying um, one of the Cunninghams from Slane, from one of the Mount Charles family. Um, he was all, that's my grandfather and my grandmother. He was obviously always known in the press as the Tetrarch's owner. He wasn't uh, he wasn't recognised as being having any other meaning in life really, other than being the Tetrarch's owner. Um, yeah. I see this latest one. I'll show you something. Now, there's a, there's, a, there's a letter here which I, I heard about, and I just found it in here a couple of days ago. And this is from a gentleman in, in Texas. Um, and he didn't know, it's, it's, on an, it's on an envelope here with American stamps. And there's no address written on the envelope. It's just a, it's just a, a letter airmailed to the postmaster in Dublin. And written on the outside of it is, forward this letter to the gentleman who owns the great racehorse, the Tetrarch, as I don't know his name or address, but he is in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so the postmaster's then written on it, Major McCalmont, Mount Juliet, Thomastown. So it was then delivered. And it's uh, from, from, um, from uh, the heading is the Texas in Fort Worth, Texas. Dear sir, I want to buy the Tetrarch. <laughs> Give me your price by return mail and I'll cable you if I want him. I know he is reported, reported as not being able to get any more colts. He, the horse went in fertile very early in his career. Maybe I could get one or two out of him. I don't want to deal through anybody but the owner. Wow. Oh, it's fascinating, isn't yeah. it? A real piece of, of uh, history associated yeah. with that horse. Yeah. It's a letter from my from Rose, the person who did these books, my great-grandmother, to my grandfather. Uh, it's dated May the 18th, 1919. And uh, he's obviously, he's just come back from the First World War. Uh, he's just had his first and only son, who was Victor, who was my grandfather, my father, uh, who was born in April 1919. So this is about a month after my father was born. And it's really just advising my grandmother, being, my great-grandmother, sorry, rather being pretty bossy and telling him how he should behave and how he should conduct his life. Um, um, it's, it's dated Sunday, May the 18th, 1919, Margaret Thomastown, County Kilkenny. It's addressed to Darling, Darlingus Boise, who was my grandfather, I believe. Dearest Gurley, who was my grandmother, who she didn't get on with at all. <laughs> and Priceless Brat, who was my father who was born a month prior Before, to it. Yeah. Yeah. I welcome you all home and the best wishes and with the best wishes I wish you may all be happy as happy here as I have been for the last 16 years so 16 years takes you back to 1903 1904 which is when they first my family first moved to Mount Juliet yeah. they rented the property from the Elsa Carrick and then when my grandfather inherited money, they bought the property in, I think, about 19, uh, 1910, thereabouts. Um, 
She goes on, I leave here naturally with the deepest regret for I have put my heart and brains into what to me is the most beautiful, beautiful place on God's earth. I have, however, the great consolation of knowing you both love the place as I do and appreciate everything that I have done. Of course, for the moment, it is a wrench leaving here and I feel like a fiddle without a string. I think at this stage, as I said, my, my grandparents were coming to live here and I think uh, my, um, my, my great-grandparents were moving out of the house so they could, they could move in. Uh, thank God I'm one of the hardy breed and um, though old in years, I still have a young heart and I'm sure we'll yet pick up some new strings and carry on to no man's land. Just one little word of advice to you. I want you to cultivate a light hand. People have often told me I had beautiful hands when I rode. Well, that nothing but sympathy. If you have sympathy, it will carry you through every hunt and all through your life. For you will never chuck your horse in the mouth, I over-discipline your horse, or, whatever, or override hands, or wound the feeling of people around you. Money and position are nothing compared to sympathy, which will make you step so lightly on other people's feelings. I know you have not been well. My grandfather had, as I said, malaria towards the end of the war, and have had much to try you since your return from East Africa. I am sure that has caused you at time to be irritable and dictatorial and not like the darling, gentle Boise you were before the war. Now, sweetheart, when you feel like snapping anyone's head off, just take a long breath and say hands, and you won't do it, and everyone will love you for your sympathy and work for you and with you so much better than if you were cross with them. With all my love, I am your devoted mother, Rose McCowan. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's so wise. Yeah. So wise. That itself is a bit of history, really, isn't it? I mean, somebody coming back from the war, they didn't have PTSD or whatever it is then. They didn't have shell shock. They just got on with it, you know, step up a lift and move on and, you know. But she was wise enough and intuitive enough to give that advice, you know, which would still hold today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I like to think that he took that advice because he was very well liked. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that is always more important than anything else, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Be kind, really. Yeah. But it says a lot about about her and her character and the kind of person she was, the, her attitude. Her oh, she was a very strong person. There's no yeah. question about it. She was small in stature, but she was certainly very large in character. Um, yeah. As you'll see coming through these these books, really. Yeah. Collection of stamps here. Oh, look here. Yeah. Um, I know stamps which are French or whatever are not, not particularly valuable because they've got marks on them. But I just wondered if there was anything there. Well, these are Amer- these are American, I would think. There's American. There's a one penny um, English. Is that an English stamp? You bring you the glasses. Yeah. That's unusual. I haven't seen that there. type. Mm-hmm. But the, these kind of uh, these kind of uh, stamps, I mean, in the UK they would have had the monarch's head on them, were quite common in this period. You know, these are obviously American presidents. One that's Benjamin Franklin. That's uh, uh, that's Teddy Roosevelt. Um, 
don't know who this is. I, can't, I don't know if there'd be any, if any. I just came across these. Yeah, but these ones here are quite unusual, actually. I haven't they're, seen those. They're China, they? Yeah, there again, they're one penny on them, actually. They're from the, the Chinese Empire, right, or something, sir? So I don't know what they're saying. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think they're, no, they're, they're from the, it would be the Chinese Republic at this stage. And I, I don't, they seem to have English currency on them. They're very unusual, actually. There's a four cents one of Chinese Imperial something, Chinese Imperial four, I don't know what I wonder the currency is, four cents. I wonder if they were issued from the legations, you know, that were they in could have been Beijing, from, from, yeah. from, well, from, wasn't it Shanghai where they had the... Oh, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, but the they had, yeah, exactly, the legations yeah. that used to come, that may be where they're from, there, that's right, yeah, yeah. that may be where, well, where, where they're from, why they're in, you know, there. Of my, Hugh McCormick, my great-grandfather, mm -hmm. was in China in the 1860s, 1870s, mm -hmm. And he actually spent two years riding across China with a brother officer, the two of them, just on their own. Wow. Can you imagine doing that? Imagine. <laughs> yes. I mean, and they made it back. It shows a lot, doesn't it, of, you know, the pop, you know, the British colonies uh, around the world, mm -hmm. the freedom of travel, mm -hmm. the... Uh, you can read so much into it. Um, well, I think the influence that the British Empire had, you know, they said that whatever it was, the sun never set on it. Um, mm. And uh, now they've ended up with Brexit, so maybe they got what they deserved. <laughs> There's a lovely photograph there, I think, of your... At, at a summer show or... Yeah, that's the summer show, maybe. They used to have the puppy show here, didn't yeah, they, yeah, every I summer? Thank you. I don't know where that is, yeah. yeah. That's my grandmother and her sister, they were, they were, and that's my grandfather and my grandmother there. Um, but as I said, there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complicated mixture of, of yeah. history and personal, yeah. personal life. So looking through that, what do you think? Is it something that's of great interest to the library? or? I think it's a great interest to everyone, and Kenny, not just the library, because this is a, a snapshot of a different world. I mean, as you were saying there earlier, even back in 1919, a very globalised world, actually, I mean, very international, you know, and afterwards Ireland became very parochial for a while, and now it's become quite globalised again. You see the amount of countries and the stamps from different places and everything. So it's, it's, quite, it's quite international, actually. It's a, it's a snapshot of, of a world at a particular time, so it is very valuable, yeah. And so what would happen uh, if these, uh, just to be clear, what would happen if they were in the library? Well, my, my, my own view on these, I would get these digitised as quickly as possible, you mm. know, because you can get them out to a wider audience. Mm. And I think you allow people to look at them and they, they will draw what they want out of them, do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, yeah. when, around here we're looking out to a particular prison, but other people may see other connections there, you know. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really, uh, it's really handy if you have these things up online and things that people can come in and look at them themselves and, and even from their homes and, and use them for research and things. That is very valuable for social history. Yeah. And how fast could the, that be done, Nisha? Is, is that a lot of work? Is it a lot of time? It is a lot of work, um, but they're so invaluable. Yeah, they're, they're so invaluable, it would be a shame not to do it, you know, to put in the effort and do it. And then the originals are protected forevermore because people won't be handling them, you know. And people from all over the world, if they're digitised, can look at them and view them and get pleasure, even from their own family connections, from yeah. the workers' families yeah, to your own 
McCalmont family and relations that aren't here. You know, it's a it's a it's like a personal scrapbook and diary. And it's you know, I mean the effort that went into these documents and these books is just phenomenal, you know, so it would be brilliant to be able to share them with people. How many people do you think were involved in in doing this? Was it just I say one one lady? Yeah. She was a very formidable character. What, what was she her died long again? before Sorry. Rose. Yes. She was a Bingham. She was um, she was a lady in her own right. She was Lady Rose, I think, it was Bingham, and then she married my great grandfather. Uh, it's all it's all in here. You'll find you'll you'll find it all. These are the if I'm say these are the yards in Norlands here down, which are still the same today. But these are them being being built. Yeah. Um, so this and is that the alone is so invaluable, really, yeah. from an mm-hmm. architectural point of view. It is, isn't for, it? for people down here. Yeah, architectural built heritage. Yeah. There's nothing, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing private, private here. I mean, it is a lot of family information, but it's history, really, now, and it's, you know, it's a long, long time ago. Um, so, um, you know, I think we're very happy to, to share this, obviously, and I think it's important it is shared. Maybe, you know, if the family wanted to keep the originals they, after digitising them, or if you wanted to give them on... Well, we might, we might, uh, I think the first step, as you said, is to, is to get them uh, recorded before anything awful happens. And, um, and then after that, um, we can make a decision that we might easily keep the originals here, or else we could loan them, or, you know, whatever's, whatever's... I would like to find the, the missing link. I'd like to find the... the uh, the, is it 11? No, it's, it's the one after this one, isn't it? 19, 11, is that? It's, a, it's 11 to 15, yeah, which yeah. would be very important that because that's the outbreak, obviously, of the, of the First World War. Yeah. Norlands here was purchased by my family, I think, in 1912. Um, and these, for I'm this is Cape Town, photographs of Cape Town in sort of the 1914. I think my, my grandfather was on his way to join the army in East Africa. So these are photo- original photographs taken of Cape Town, Lance Head, which is now known as Lance Cop. I, mean, I know Cape Town fairly well. Uh, Table Mountain there. You know, just it'd be very interesting to see if you could actually equate this with 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 current um, landscape. You know, it's what's actually there now. Because you see now it's just countryside, but to my knowledge, this is all you know, Cape Town city. Okay. So you know, things like that would be would be interesting as well. And, and in doing that, will you put together um, a report of what you find, or will it go to a period of, of archiving and, you know, kind of discovering what it is that's in it? I know it takes time, but, you know, would, would that happen? Well, I mean, what I would normally do in the situation, I would make a recommendation to the county librarian, you know, and then we'd have to make a decision on how we'd proceed after that. Yeah. yeah. Basically, that's the process we go through, basically. I mean, normally with this kind of a project, we wouldn't scan these ourselves. We get notice outside agencies would do that, and uh, they they would assess these from a preservation point of view as well when they'd be doing that. You know, we always do that before we actually digitise anything. We see there's any preservation issues. These are in very good conditions. I think there's very little 
Yeah. Sometimes you'd have material that would be in poor condition and you'd have to do some conservation work on it first before you would digitise it, obviously. Yeah. And um, no, You can see how, how well they've been kept. Yeah. No, they're in very good condition, actually, so that would yeah. be a huge concern. But that's the process, basically, you would go through. You know, you'd have to see some conservation issues first before you would do anything else. And after that, then, you, you would... Um, we, we would normally... You know, we involved with an outside agency, would digitise them then. Yeah. And then it, you would decide on what sort of platform you would them on then afterwards you know yeah. you know we have our own portal here in uh, we have the Kenny digital archive but we are linked in with international portals as well that could put more that can link into us you know to get into a bit, bit a wider audience yeah you know because these will be for there will be academic interest in these as well you know so we would sometimes work with people like the digital repository of ireland you know because they link into the european network that way you know for researchers and things oh i didn't know that that's yeah. very exciting yeah, yeah. well it's, it's always with the with the sources anything we put up is to get into as wide an audience as possible yeah. so you're looking at the public but you're also looking at you know an academic audience as well you know in other european countries you know which being most your other european countries would have similar records to these from their uh, houses and estates as well you know so yeah. people often like to compare them you know to see similarities and contrasts and things. Yeah. What do you think of all that? Yeah, I think it's very interesting. I'm just looking at a couple of things here. There's a headline here um, over the photographs of the destruction in, in Dublin in uh, uh, May the 5th, 1916. And the headline is Out of the Ashes of Tragedy, Spring Ireland's Hopes. I think that's an interesting uh, quote from 1916. And we're still hoping, aren't we? You know? <laughs> It's a, it's a work in progress, headline, <laughs> but it's a work in progress 107 years later, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's pages here from the Kilkenny people of that same time uh, listing all the houses destroyed uh, in Dublin from Lower Sackville Street, Upper Sackville Street, Middle Abbey Street, Earl Street, Eden Quay, and uh, in an extraordinary way, just saying who occupied each of the houses, uh, the, the businesses, individual families and then evaluation of of the destruction at 241,000 pounds which obviously was an unbelievable amount of money in, in that time and the, the fact that the centre of Dublin was pretty well destroyed um, and that again is, is you know is contemporaneous and it's interesting it's not the time and then um, photographs here of James Connolly and he's, he's termed as Jim Larkin's first lieutenant uh, again, the context that it was put into because of the person and her background and what way she was look, what angle she was looking at it from, and obviously other people have different angles to look at it. And that's I, I think what it makes it so unique because yeah. it's Rose's perspective, really. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, and we're looking at it all these years later here today, and hoping then to be able to share it with a much, much wider audience. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there's the Hibernian Bank in O'Connell Street. In, in burnt out ruin um, and then the drapery establishment the Cleary and Company yeah. seen in the background again completely destroyed so you know it's just it, I find it fascinating I must say because it's, it's, it's uh, as I said it's of the time isn't it but the telegrams then coming from your grandfather um, at the same, on the know, same dates, yeah. On from, the same date, saying And photographs here from Mombasa, which original yeah. photographs here, which are stuck in. But but in his telegrams, in, saying, in, uh, you know, are yeah. everything okay at home? Yeah, and he's worried about them, and they're worried about him. So you know, it was a time of, 
turmoil and change, and I think we're, our, our generation is extremely fortunate that we didn't have to go through anything like that. Thank goodness, and hopefully never will. Yeah. So you get another telegram there, just all well, you know, just saying from the expeditionary force message. Um, and that, that was the communication, that was the communication of the time, you oh, know. Yeah, that, was the, that was the WhatsApp of the time, or, or, or whatever it may be, or the email. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. And some drawings then here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm looking at that. I'm not sure what that is, actually. It's something. If you could probably look at it in a mirror, you could probably see what it says. It it's looks like blotting paper, is it? Blotted it, and then yes. uh, for whatever reason, they've kept the blotting, but I don't. I didn't get around to looking at it because. In detail. Yeah, there's so much um, stuff. It, you could spend hours, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I know. Look, it's it's it may take resources and time, but it's a question of what you can devote to it and what you yeah. can do with it. But maybe that's the then you see prisoners in in Germany. Um, so yeah, these are um, this would have been a, a relation of my great grandmother's uh, Barry Bingham. Um, he was obviously a prisoner in uh, in Germany. Uh, he's from from the navy uh, in September 19, 1915. Um, it's a photograph of him with 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 brother officers. In um, uh, these officers were taken prison in the naval station of Jutland, of, of Jutland, naval action off Jutland. So that was the Battle of Jutland. Obviously, they were picked up by German vessels and and interned. These are inside and outside photographs of my Juliet. And if you go into the house now, you'll see the actual rooms, but obviously they're very differently yeah. furnished, yeah. being as is now a hotel. And that's my great-grandfather, Hugh, outside the front of my Juliet. And that wing had been destroyed destroyed by fire. Yeah. Um, but the house itself was obviously never damaged during the, during the troubles, which was a blessing. That's the front of the house, and then again. That's my grandfather there holding a dog. So that would have been probably about 19, 1908 or 9 or so about. I mean, he was born in 88, so he'd have been maybe 8, yeah. He'd have been 12, probably 1906, he'd have been, eight, he'd have been yeah. 18. Is there a date on it? No. Mm, no. I'm just looking to see who else is in it. Yeah. Miss Stone, Captain Brown. Miss Conlon and Furry. And furry. <laughs> 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 but it hasn't changed much. It looks very similar That's now. Yeah. Go there, look at it. I mean, the Wh why the do you? Yeah. Uh, why do you think Mount Juliet survived, and a lot of other houses were burnt down locally? I don't honestly know. Um, I really don't know. Is it because of the employment that they were giving here? Well, I know growing up, I mean, it, you know, you were very lucky if your family worked in the estate and the families were very, very well looked after and spoke very fondly of the McCallmans and, yeah. you know, so there was always good feeling, you know, for the estate. It was, you could go in and out as a child as you wanted to, you know, it was a very welcoming place, you know, so maybe people felt, you know, kindly about the estate and didn't want to harm it. Yeah. I don't know, but that's maybe a reason. Or just look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it did. But I think a lot of it too was, I think a lot of the unoccupied or the absent, yeah, absentee landlords yeah. were tended to be burnt out. But people who were actually were living there and were supporting the local economy maybe were, were, were better 
better, better treated or better people thought saying of. There is very true. Any of the houses that were trying to be unoccupied, you know, other people moved into them. Like yeah, exactly. And either, the, either the black and tans, the auxiliaries, or poor anti-treaty forces, and they became targets then by the other side, basically. Where do we go from here, then? Well, I'll, I'll, I will obviously have to talk to the council librarian and we proceed from there, basically. And so. Some people don't realise the value of what they no, have. No, that's the ha no, that's the hardest no, bit. Yeah. It's great that you realise and are willing to share. Well, I've been looking at these with, you know, I've been showing to people who might be interested in friends and things and relations uh, for a long time, and I've been meaning to do something about it, so I'm very glad that we're, we're looking at it now, and hopefully... Oh, that's great. And, and, and tell me, um, from your memory, um, as a child, do you remember these? Have you? No. Wh wh where did you inherit them, or how did how did they come into your hands? I really, honestly, don't know. I mean, when we sold my Juliet and we left my Juliet, there was, I mean, there were rooms full of documents and papers and books, and I mean, thousands and thousands of books. And um, I think these ones probably we noticed that the, the you know we noticed the. Uh, the family history side of them and, and kept them, but um, Lord only knows what else there was there. But it's not. This is what we have now. And it, it's it's wonderful that you saved them, you know, and, and that they survived in under your your watch, really. Well, as you said, it's probably more luck than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but there's so much. There's so much of your family history in these and um, Mount Julius and. The McCallmans were, were an important family in the county and uh, it would be wonderful, wonderful to see them in, 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 in the public arena, you know, out there. Yeah. Well, there might be of interest to somebody who's, you know, doing research or whatever. I mean, it's good, it's good to have it available to people, so I think it's important that people should. At least, you know, because you're so local to the area, they're extra special, aren't they? They are, I, and I'd absolutely love to just sit here with my glasses on and go through them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're just so lovely. There's yeah. so much in them. Yeah. You know, well, it's just, it's. Just, just give me a call if you want to come around and come sit here and, and have yeah. a look at them. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, all of the memories. You yeah. know centred around because our worlds were quite small at the time there weren't phones there weren't computers you know so we we grew up in the countryside and we were yeah. let out in the summer holidays in the morning and you didn't come back to the evening mm. you know yeah. so it was literally having such a lovely natural playground to play in you know a yeah. very healthy way to grow up you know yeah. and our imagination then you know and then to see to see these you know th there's so much more in these books there really is it would be awesome to share them yeah so harry thank you so much i mean to have the opportunity mm -hmm. to come here to see them it's great well it's, it's great for me too because I, I think you know that they should be shared and um i'm very happy to do so brilliant thank you all very much indeed thank you now i think it was extremely fortuitous that um you were put in touch with me by robert goff and uh, came down here probably for a slightly different mission. But when you were down here, we started looking at these these books and discussing them. And you knew the uh, the right people to contact to to uh, take it to the next stage. And that's what we're going to do. 
our, our job is to share information, yeah, so you know, one know. way or another. So yeah, yeah. that's what's so brilliant when people. It's been beautifully kept, Kilkenny, and the way it's been, the way the, the, the council have kept the, both architecturally and um, historically, has been fantastic. And it's, it's very important to all of us, you know, it is where our hearts are, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's for future gen generations as oh, well, really? you know. Yeah, it's very important that they know about it. And yeah, um, and it's sympathetically done. Yeah. 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 Would it be okay, okay maybe just to take a photograph of it as it is? That we can show like the county librarian yeah, when we go back. Just to show her what they look like, yeah. because yeah. it'll be it'll help to explain it to her. I'd like her in there because it probably belongs in there rather than anywhere else. Would you think that'd be a good idea, Declan? Yeah. Declan? Just to show Josephine. And that, so that's an interesting statue because that is um, that's uh, Hugh, General Sir Hugh, who was my great grandfather. That was made up as a presentation of when he retired from the army. That was made up of the silver and the gold braid on his uniform. Oh. So if you feel the weight of that, that was the weight on his coat. Oh Lord. That's a workout in itself, <laughs> carrying that around. Yeah. <laughs> that was what he's wearing on his shoulders and yeah. you know, on his chest. Yeah. You've been listening to Harry McCalmont, Declan McCauley and Alicia Dunphy. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And if you'd like more information about our latest collection, The Landed Gentry in Ireland, it has just been posted on our website. That's irishlifeandlore.com. I'm Maurice O'Keefe, and thank you for listening. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.